0: Hey, what's up, y'all? So, who live with Sean and Sean podcast? I'm your host Sean C Taylor, and I'm your host Sean B Taylor. Coming to you with episode number thirty-two. Thirty-two. What's it called, Sean? Uh, like, like the name of it? Yeah, the title. Oh, welcome to the club. <laughs> welcome to the club. Welcome to the club. All right, so we're gonna jump right into it. You probably like what is welcome to the club. Unless you were watching the draft last
1: night, mm-hmm.
0: that was cool. I'm sure even though a lot was, of people were, I'm sure a lot of people were, but it was very different, obviously because of COVID 19. Mm-hmm. So it was the the whole virtual draft, um, as the NFL did, right? Mm-hmm. And so instead of having a uh, you know having it done in New York with that great raucous New York crowd, mm-hmm. it was people in their own homes or rented out spaces with
1: their family, friends, and
0: loved ones.
1: Yeah, and they had, like, this little room for people that were getting drafted. Like, I know Edwards was in. It had, like, there was, like, a big thing behind them, like, setting, like, NBA draft or something.
0: Oh, okay. So maybe for, like, the top... I didn't even really notice that. Maybe for the top prospects, mm-hmm. uh, ESPN, uh, which is the network that hosted the draft, maybe they set up some type of, uh, you know, like, special...
1: Little uh,
0: remote studio, if you will. Yeah, I, th- right? I think that's maybe what it was. That sounds about right. But, I mean, the draft went off pretty much without a hitch. No no uh, Wi-Fi droppage or anything <laughs> like that. Mm-hmm. But, well, there was one small technical difficulty after LaMelo Ball um, got drafted where they couldn't get him in for the interview right afterwards, but they eventually got him in. So, mm-hmm. so as usual, the NBA and ESPN did a fantastic job. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, going into the draft... We knew, the top three picks were Anthony Edwards, mm-hmm. uh, Lamelo Ball, and what's the big kid's name James Wiseman. James Wiseman. Mm-hmm. How did that shake out? Who was who was one, two, and three? How did it go?
1: Well, it went as projected. Um, Anthony Edwards went first, my guy. I'm really rooting for him. Uh huh. Um, James Wiseman and Lamelo Ball.
0: Okay, so Edwards to Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. Wiseman, Wiseman. to Golden State. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about them a little bit more later. Um, and then LaMelo bought to Charlotte, to the yeah. Hornets, right?
1: Yeah, Lavar was too happy
0: about that. <laughs> right, so look, I wasn't going to jump into that, but we both noticed that when LaMelo got drafted, it seemed like LaMelo was excited. Mm-hmm. His mom was excited. A lot of people around him were excited. LeVar didn't seem too happy. Maybe, like, am I reading too much into that, or what do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, he definitely didn't seem too happy. I mean, just to keep a straight face for your son going number three. Right. It's like, because, like, who knows? That could that could be his last son who gets drafted to the NBA. Yeah. You never know. That's a good point. But, I mean, for him to go third, you know, right after his other brother, Lonzo, who went second. Right. I mean, like, third's pretty good. Yeah. And for him to just have a straight face like right. that, it's just like... Yeah, yeah, like, a little yeah. bizarre, right? Yeah, like I, I mean, I, I think I could, I, I could figure out why or you why know, break it down. Well, because I mean, Charlotte's not really the best team, right? And you know, the the franchise hasn't really been that good, right, for the last couple of years, right? Really ever? Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I can't
0: say ever since like the nineties.
1: Yeah, when they like, <laughs> had Mourning and right, Larry Johnson, Baron
0: Davis, even yeah, yeah Baron early two thousands, right? Yeah. So, so it's also a small market team. Charlotte's a small market, yeah. Not to say Minnesota's a big market, but they also have you know a few more stars in um Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns,
1: yeah. Plus, um, Charlotte is also kind of guard heavy, yeah, yeah. They no got point. they got Malik Monk, Terry Rogier. right? Um, I feel like the one Devontae more, Graham, Devontae Graham, who's yeah, tough. yeah, yeah, super can, tough, him too. So, yeah. I mean, really, I mean, that might cut back on some of LaMelo's. Minutes, yeah. Uh, depending depending on how he plays. Yeah, I mean that's
0: that's an interesting point, Sean. But I will say that Lamelo Ball plays much different than those three guards you just named.
1: Yeah, he plays almost like a veteran.
0: He he. You were saying last night, which speaks to your basketball IQ, to be honest. But you were saying how he has a great feel for the game, mm-hmm. and you're you're absolutely right. I know in watching the pre-draft coverage last night. Jay Williams was saying that Andrew Bogut, who played with LaMelo Ball in Australia, Andrew Bogut is a former number one pick um, and played, obviously, with the Warriors, won the championship with them, Mm -hmm. said that Andrew Bogut said LaMelo Ball was the best passer he had ever played with. And I'm like, wow, that's a big compliment, especially seeing as he played... With Golden State, with Steph and all those guys, yeah, yeah, you got Sean Sean Livingston, who you know was a phenomenal passer, really underrated, yeah. Um, But yeah, Lonzo Ball is a phenomenal passer, Mm -hmm. right? So it doesn't surprise me that Lamelo is also a phenomenal passer. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I think even more than just his passing, uh, like you said, he has a great feel for the game. He doesn't shoot well. He's not very athletic. Um, but he is big, six seven, uh, so we'll, it'll be interesting. Yeah. I think he he plays a little bit like a a Luca Doncic.
1: That, I think that's exactly who he plays. Right, like. but he's not as
0: big. Doncic is bigger, right? Mm-hmm. He's got a bigger frame. Yeah. Um, I think he's a little bit older than Lamelo. Uh, uh Luke, Um, not Luca. Uh, Lamelo shoots
1: more mid-range jays.
0: Right. Well, he, he shoots like. Little push shots and stuff, right? Yeah, but
1: Doncic doesn't really shoot very interesting. That's
0: a good point. He's either step back three or all the way to the rim. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, back to my original point, I think because he's so different than Monk and, uh, who do we say, Terry Rozier and uh, Devontae Graham, and with his passing, I think he can make the game easier for a lot
1: of guys. Yeah, and he has a lot of star power, power, obviously. Yeah, potential You know, playoff spot for them next year, yeah. I think. think so? Yeah, I think. Ooh, that's tough. Yeah, I really think they could make it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, I can't really argue with you on that because LaMelo does have a lot of star power. And he's, uh, he's a very talented player. He mm-hmm. does, again, need to improve his shooting, his defense. Um, He's never going to be a great athlete, but he needs to get stronger, obviously. Yeah. But he has a big frame. So yeah. I think that'll help him. I think Terry Rozier actually could be the odd man out and all that, to be honest. Mm. You know, he kind of had had his better days with, uh, had some great days with Boston, and then last year he didn't play great. I think LaMelo, I mean, uh, LeVar Ball was maybe a little disappointed, not just because Charlotte hasn't been great and because it's a small market team, but because he knows now his son will never be the biggest star in that franchise. <laughs> because Michael Jordan, right? Mike, hmm. you're oh. not gonna, you're not gonna pass Michael Jordan. Like it's always yeah. gonna be, as long as he owns the team, it's always gonna be Michael Jordan's team, so to speak, right? Yeah. You'll always be playing in that shadow, to a certain extent, unless, unless Lamelo can really embrace that mm-hmm. and like play his way out of that shadow, which I feel like is probably pretty hard to do.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know, because I don't really f- think of it like that. As Michael Jordan's team, I just think of it as, you know, the Charlotte Hornets. Okay, all right. <laughs> um, when I think of Charlotte, I really think of the baby, for me guys. <laughs> so I wish you guys could see my son's smile right
0: now. That's funny. Yeah. That's funny. And the place where your mother and I met. You don't yeah, think about that?
1: Well no, well, no, I know that's the place, but uh-huh. it, it, that that's a whole different story. <laughs> so, that's true, that's wait, true. Who do you think's more athletic, though? LaMelo or Luca?
0: Ooh, that's a good question. I would say they're like almost identical, but the thing is, Luca's big. He's a yeah. he's a big guy, right? Yeah. Um, and Lamelo maybe he can get to that point, but like seeing Lucas stand next to Montrezl Harrell, uh, last year in the playoffs when after they had their little spot spat, <laughs> excuse me, spot spat, and then they you know dapped up afterwards and and just hash it out. I was like, wow, he really is a big guy. Yeah. Because you see him, like, people bouncing off of him and stuff. And you're like, why don't they, like, do a better job of containing him? And you're like, oh, you just can't because he's a big, strong dude.
1: Yeah, I think I think LaMelo maybe a little more because LaMelo's, I think, probably more explosive than
0: him. You think so? I yeah. mean, but neither one of them are explosive at all. Like, they showed a couple of LaMelo's highlights last night where he dunked. And, I mean, he, like, barely dunked. Yeah. And I mean barely, barely, like, fingers grazed around, right? Yeah. But... I mean, since you can't like hammer guys when they go to the rim anymore, like back in the 90s and you can't really hand check, you don't have to be as explosive if you're highly skilled. And yeah. Lamelo is highly skilled. Um, again, he's got to get that shot better. But he does a lot of other things as far as his ball handling, his passing, his feel for the game. You can't deny those things. Yeah. So let's go to the second pick of the draft, who is very athletic. Yeah, This kid, James Wiseman. So, real quick, just a side point. You got two kids who are American, right? Or two young men who are American, and Wiseman and Ball, right? Mm-hmm. They played a combined three college games. LaMelo never went to college. Wiseman played three games for Memphis before he withdrew, right? That oh, just, that's wait, withdrew and did what? He withdrew and just, like, sat out or went and, like, worked out and stuff um oh. for the rest of the year getting themselves ready for the draft right oh. but it you know people always talk about the the international players coming in right mm-hmm. uh to to play in the NBA but i think that in 2020 that is going to 2020 and beyond obviously that is going to be a big story of people taking non traditional routes to yeah. make it to the NBA
1: yeah i don't i don't know though i i, I would say you might need that college experience mm-hmm. But at the same time, I mean, like, who knows? I mean, Wiseman, for what I've seen, I mean, he is a freak of nature. He's a very good athlete. Right. And I think maybe training more, you know, just getting stronger and improving on his game, I think that may have been the right move. But Mm -hmm. at the same time, I mean, who knows? Because, you know, getting a feel for the game is also important too.
0: That's a good point. So let's talk a little bit more about Wiseman, who – (laughs) <laughs> went to Golden State. It's like, yeah. good Lord, man. Like, like, he literally just gets blessed. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And so he gets drafted, and the camera cuts to him, and you see him sitting down between, I'm assuming, his mom and his grandmother. Mm-hmm. And this guy is just huge. Yeah. I mean, he's a legit seven-footer. But you see the, watch the highlights, you watch the film. He He's a lefty, he can move. Yeah. He blocked one shot last night in the highlights that was like at the corner of the top of the square yeah. and it was like it was just a beautiful block just pinned it right on the glass yeah. what do you think in a league where you know the traditional center so to speak um, is not as prevalent anymore what do you think his impact is going to be with Golden State?
1: Um, I think really just what Golden State's always been needing is a traditional big man mm-hmm. um, other than maybe like Andrew Bogut or something right I mean, but Bogut really wasn't that much of an offense, like a presence on offense. Mm-hmm. So I think that really he can help bring both sides of the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, he can shoot. And we DeMarcus Cousins couldn't really shoot, but now having like a big man that can shoot, right. playing for Golden State, you can get him in that system more. Yeah, And I think that... You know, like, because LeBron, I remember in the finals, they almost won game one. It's because LeBron was just attacking, attacking, right, attacking. Right, right. I think having that presence now yeah. on defense is really going to shut things down a little more. Because you, you, you saw with Bogate in 2016, he was a little bit more of a presence. So um, as, like, a traditional big man and, you know, really stopping people at the rim. Mm-hmm. So I think that really gave the Cavs some problems. And mm-hmm. that's why they went down 3-1 and had to adjust.
0: Right. That's a good point. That's a great point. Now, you talk about Wiseman being able to shoot, and I mentioned that he's a lefty. Yeah. A lot of comparisons, I hadn't thought about this until I heard folks say it last night, a lot of his comparisons have been with Chris Bosh, right? Yeah. What do you think about that comparison?
1: Well, first of all, I want to say he, like, in 2K, he has, like, the same exact, like, player build as Chris (laughs) Bosh. (laughs) Because
0: <laughs> two K is what matters, right?
1: <laughs> no, like he has like the same jump shot and everything. Okay, like, like literally the same jump shot. Mm-hmm. So I think the comparisons to Chris Bosh. I mean, I think it's pretty on point because they're okay. both long big men mm-hmm. that um have great timing on on shots and can really um block people's shots and defend. Mm-hmm. So I think Wiseman being bigger. Like, gives him even more of an advantage. Him being 7-1, Bosch being, I think, around 6-11. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, even just helps helps more. Mm-hmm. Because just, like, they they obviously play the same, kind of the same. That's why Wiseman is getting those comparisons. Right. But, I mean, just, like, him being 7-1 as well, I yeah. think that, that definitely helps.
0: Yeah, I mean... When I first heard it, I'm like, uh, I don't know. Are they just comparing them because they're both big left-handed guys? Um, But the more I watch Wiseman move, I'm like, I can see some of the comparisons. Wiseman obviously has a bigger frame, and I think he's more explosive. But people forget just how good of a basketball player Chris Bosh was. Yeah,
1: rebounder too. I mean,
0: Chris Bosh was incredible. Yeah. And like, even though uh, your Uncle Trey – shout out to Uncle Trey – is not the biggest Chris Bosch fan, right? Mm-hmm. I'm like, come on, dude. This guy, his numbers, even before he joined up with the quote unquote big three in Miami, he was yeah. averaging twenty and ten. You know, he had years where he was like twenty five and ten, I think. Yeah. Um, and just a really, really good, skilled player. Yeah. More finesse than Wiseman, not as just like uh as uh purely ferocious as Wiseman, but still a big strong guy yeah. who who could just get it done. So yeah. I think like you said, man, that's a great pickup for Golden State. Yeah. Something that they've been needing for a while and I think he'll do a great job. Um he also has a high motor from what I saw. Yeah. So he'll do a good job with not only rebounding and defending, but setting a lot of screens and rim running, right? Yeah. Now, before we get into Anthony Edwards, though... Wait, can I say one more thing? Yeah, absolutely. Uh,
1: also, Wiseman, um, him being, like, drafted to Golden State with that winning mentality and that winner's mentality that right. Golden State has... Good point. Three championships over, like, the, what, last five years? Yeah. I think that's also really going to help for Wiseman because I, I, I think I learned more so this year that just winning and being in a winner's... ...on a, a winning team can really just, like bring out the best in players. That's a great point. Yeah, with the Lakers. Yeah, that's a <laughs> it comes back to the Lakers, right? But yeah. that's a great point cuz a lot
0: of top draft picks typically the team is not good. That's why they have a top draft pick. Yeah. So then they go into a culture a lot of times where it's not very good, quite honestly. Yeah. Um but like you said, that that culture over there is great. They're really smart in Golden State and they know how to win.
1: Yeah. So
0: I like you said again, like yeah, that's a great point you just brought up son. Yeah. Before we get into the number one pick, who obviously is Anthony Edwards to Minnesota, right? Yeah. The basketball gods giveth and they taketh away, right? Yeah. Because here you are, you have Golden State with the number two pick, and they yeah. get a, a great, you know, phenomenal talent in James Wiseman. Mm-hmm. But then the news comes out yeah. that Clay Thompson tore his, his Achilles. Yeah. And you're like, good grief. I know you and I have spoken... Numerous times about how we cannot wait to see LeBron and the Lakers play against Steph and Clay and Draymond and Wiggins and whoever they were gonna pick it ended up being Wiseman, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, next year
1: that 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 whole starting five,
0: right? Right, exactly. Yeah. So you know, shout out to Clay Thompson, man. Like to tear your ACL and then to tear your Achilles. That, I mean, that's got to be just devastating. I can't even imagine what he's going through right now. Yeah. So, you know, big prayers and blessings to him and his family. And, you know, hopefully he has a full, a full, full uh, and timely, I'm not going to say speedy, and a timely recovery. Yeah. Right? But then one of my buddies, shout out to Matt Phipps, my guy always coming through with the plug, sent a message to me right before we started recording this podcast that the Warriors are trying to get Kelly Oubre. Yeah. Right? Now, I'm a huge Kelly Oubre fan. I'm like, at first, the first year, I was like, he fouls too much. He's kind of jittery. I don't know. But second, third, and he was with the Wizards, right? Our mm-hmm. hometown Wizards. Second, third year, I'm like, Kelly Oubre is good. And then we just, the Wizards traded him so we could clear space for Otto Porter. I'm yeah. like, that was dumb. We definitely should have
1: kept that Kelly Oubre. Because we just let him go anyway.
0: Right. And then, so then we end up letting Otto Porter go. He's not doing anything, right? Yeah. Uh, And then Kelly Oubre is now kind of, like, bouncing around. I'm like, I think he's a really good player, and he's young. Yeah. He's young. What do you think about them making that move, if it
1: happens? Well, see, I with him bouncing around, see, the, I said the problem with it is that he's always been on bad teams. Right. He's getting bounced around to bad teams. Right. And now if he gets traded to Golden state and they find a way to make the best out of him, I don't think he'll just be, you know— Bounce, bounce to another team. Right. Unless he's not really performing the way they want him to. Right. I think going state will actually be like, okay, like, we're we're going to get him to do like this. We're going to get him to defend. We're going right. to try and have him hit a couple of threes and run the lanes and just really do his job, come in and do his job and what we ask him to do and be a good right. role player yeah. and really help the team.
0: I, I totally agree, son. Like, I, yeah. I couldn't agree more. I think that Kelly Oubre is a prototypical 3-and-D guy that you see in the NBA now, right?
1: hmm
0: He obviously, like, Klay's a 3-and-D guy, um, but he's, I mean, his shot is just ridiculous. It's a game-changer, right? Yeah. Um. So, Kelly Oubre can, obviously can't shoot anywhere nearly as good, good as Klay Thompson, right? hmm But he's much more athletic, in my opinion. Yeah. Like you said, yeah. he can get out and run the lanes. I've seen him dunk on people
1: yeah.
0: hard, right? You don't really see Klay dunk on people and he's fast, and I think he can be an even better defender than Clay Thompson, right? Yeah. In my opinion, Clay Clay is a really good defender because he's never out of position.
1: Yeah, it's he's not. He just stays determined.
0: Right, like he—you can tell he watches game film. He studies his opponent, and he—you never get him out of position. But he doesn't overwhelm you with athleticism no. to play defense, right? Whereas Kelly Oubre, like I said early on, I felt like he probably didn't watch a lot of game film when he was young, right? A little jittery, always out of position. But he started, as the years went on, he started becoming a better defender because he understood angles and knew how to be in proper position. And so to your point about him getting uh, within a winning culture and franchise, they're going to show him a lot of stuff. I mean, he's going to be playing with the defensive player, former defensive player of the year in Draymond Green, who's going to teach him stuff. I think this is going to be like, if they get Kelly Oubre, I think it's going to be like Kelly Oubre unlocked. I think it's like the best situation possible for him, to be honest.
1: Yeah, honestly, the, the Warriors, I mean, I know their offense has been buzzing a lot throughout the last couple of years because of the talent they have gotten and um, have drafted. But I mean, they can become a defensive team almost. They can yeah. become they can become both really. Oh yeah. Because like think about it: Andrew Wiggins, Klay, James Wiseman, Draymond Green. Like that sounds like a very good defensive team.
0: Right. I. That's a great point, son. I. Hmm. Like now that I'm thinking about it, if I'm the Warriors and you tell me that I have to give up, Clay Thompson. Dang. For, for well, hold on. Just listen to me. I have to give up Clay Thompson for James Wiseman and Kelly Oubre, that, I mean, that's not like a terrible drop-off in my opinion, right? No. As good as Klay Thompson can shoot, and I'm, I love the way Klay plays the game and his motor, um, especially on offense because that's part of what makes the offense go is that Klay and Steph are always moving. But to lose Klay and then pick up James Wiseman and potentially Kelly Oubre, that's not a that's not a, 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 oh my goodness, we can't recover from this night. In my opinion, mm-hmm. right? Now, obviously, you don't want anybody to get hurt, but I'm just saying, like, to your point about them, especially on the defensive end, it's like, ooh, that could be that could be actually kind of ugly for real.
1: Yeah, problems. Yeah, problems. a lot of problems, right? Yeah, wh- what do you think? What do you think? Do you think the, the battle between L.A. and going stereo going to be the same, though?
0: I, I think that if Wiseman, if they get Ubre the Warriors, I mean, and if Wiseman ends up being as good as I think he's going to be, I think the battle will still be pretty good.
1: I think it will too. Yeah. I, I just don't know though. It for it to just be clay there, like like I would want clay there too.
0: Oh yeah, no, I, I would love to see Clay there as well. But when you talk about Steph, Wiggins, Ubre, Draymond, and Wiseman, like I just I had to say the five out like you did just to really like get the mental picture. That that's a tough five right there. Mm-hmm. That's a really tough five, and I'm sure as Golden State always does, they'll shore up their bench. Yeah. Um, and then they still have Steve Kerr, who knows how to get it done.
1: Yeah, but uh, I I don't know because Draymond obviously wasn't really doing anything last right. season. Right. Even, <laughs> even with how bad the Warriors are, he still wasn't really doing anything. Right. Wiggins came in, did a little something. Yeah. So I I I'd like to see how this really plays out for yeah. the Warriors. Yeah. yeah, like, we'll see if we get those really good L.A. versus going State battles, or it's just like, kind of like, um. well, L.A. clearly has the edge. Right.
0: Yeah. yeah, I mean, and that's a good point, but my thing is this. Anthony Davis and LeBron James are two of the best three players in the league. Mm-hmm. You could argue that they're the top two players in the league, right? Some may say Giannis. Some may say KD when he comes back. To me, it, definitely two of the top five, right? Yeah. Both of them are first yeah, team on yeah. NBA. Um, but Wiseman has the, he may not have the experience, but he has everything else to be able to match up with AD so where AD doesn't just kill him, Yeah, right? He's got the athleticism, the explosiveness, the length, the timing. He's got a lot in his bag, right? Mm-hmm. And then Wiggins, who has underachieved, a lot of people would say, as a former number one pick, he's still very athletic, right? Yeah. Not to say he can guard LeBron, but- he can put up a good fight. Mm-hmm. And then if it's like him and Oubre are taking turns guarding LeBron, again, Oubre, not to say he can like you know shut LeBron down at all, mm-hmm. but he can put up a good fight. He should be able to put up a good fight, mm-hmm. right? Even Draymond can take some time guarding LeBron. So mm-hmm. they have some pieces that can match up there. And then you got that boy, Chef Curry, with the pot. You know what I'm saying? Like with the shot, I'm sorry. Like this dude... His is incredible, and he's coming back
1: after a full year off. Yeah, I'd like to say, though, two things. First, Avery Bradley is still going to be there. Right. You know? <laughs> right. Good point. Okay. Good and, point. He matches up well with Steph. Another thing, with the Warriors getting Wiseman, may force us to get another, you know, traditional big. Or, you know, Jeremy Grant is free agent this year.
0: Yeah, but I just don't see L.A. having the money to pay him. And I don't see Denver letting him go, because he really stepped his game up. Shout out to the DMV guy. Like he he played well this season and in this playoffs, yeah, especially um, against Lakers. Yeah, I mean I saw an interview with Dwight Howard the other day, and he was saying he hopes that because he played on the veteran minimum minimum last year, he hopes that LA gives him a like a for real contract, an extended contract. Yeah. Um, and if not, he's got to go get some money. So you, who knows where where he will end up? Yeah. So it's gonna be really interesting. Um. Number 1 pick though, Anthony Edwards. Yeah. Let's get into him cuz we spent a lot of time talking about LaMelo, a lot of time talking about Wiseman, Anthony Edwards. This is your guy. This is yeah. your guy. Mm-hmm. So, I just real quick before I let you dive in, I hadn't seen much of Anthony Edwards, right? Yeah. I saw a couple couple little plays here and there, but the day before the draft, I really went back and watched like, you know, some extended film of him. Mm-hmm. And I came back and I said, Sean, I knew he was athletic. I didn't know he was that athletic, though. Yeah, he is like a a, a freight train mixed with like a Hummer mixed with like a, a gazelle. Like, yeah, <laughs> he's fast. He's strong. He's quick. He's explosive. He's long. He's all of that. Mm-hmm. Right. He really looks like a, a NFL tight end, but with a lot of skill. You are very high on Anthony Edwards.
1: Why? Because uh just like there's almost like when you look at him, like he's just like he's just a machine. He's a monster. He right. he can shoot the J really well. Right. He like you said is super athletic. He can defend, got good lateral quickness, he knows he can attack the rim. He can he can, you know, go go over players. Right. You know, he can just hammer on them. Over I'm, a
0: forty inch vertical they said. Over forty. Over forty like that just adds to it. Like right. just
1: like like Anthony Edwards is a problem. Right. Okay. Yeah, like that <laughs> like he, he just he's scary man. Yeah. He, he he's gonna be scary for some players. And I think right. I think the Timberwolves weren't that good this year. But we'll see how they do with Edwards. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because he I I don't really see why he wouldn't be um pretty good. Or like at least like an all star in a couple of years.
0: Right. Yeah, he's got a lot of tools. Now it came out though on draft day that Anthony Edwards in one of his interviews uh with Minnesota, I think it was, was saying how he doesn't really love basketball or something about oh. playing football. Um, Uncle Trey sent that out and was like, Yeah, I don't know if dude's trying not to get drafted by Minnesota or what. Um but if that is true. What do you think about that? Because we like we just talked about Wiggins and him underperforming. A lot of folks would say it's because he doesn't really have the heart for it, right? The proverbial heart. Um, and we know that basketball is such a mental game. Like, what do you think about that? If it's true,
1: I, I don't. I don't know then, because I know Minnesota they have produced some players like Wiggins. You know, just who don't really seem to love the game as much. Mm-hmm. You got you got Towns. Now you got um, Russell. As right. well, I, I just don't really know, man. Because yeah. it's like, like, cause I want Andrew, um, not Andrew, Anthony Edwards to succeed, but it's yeah. just like if he's in, if he doesn't really love the game like that, mm-hmm. and then he's on the Timberwolves, right, just like, right. like I, I, I don't know. Like if he was, if he got drafted like second, once the Warriors, that right. would be a little, little bit better, right. better scenar- scenario, or scenario, whatever, right, right. whatever. But either one, yeah, but I think. It's just like that. That that's a little tough. That that's gonna hurt him a little bit. But yeah. I think that he he'll still just get it done. He'll just go out there and he'll kind of play. Right. And like he he'll, he'll just be kind of like just a star. Right. And you know, because when you just go out there and play, sometimes when you play best basketball.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Just go out there and hoop, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I do like the the way that they can complement each other. Yeah. And by that I mean Towns. Um, D'Lo and Anthony Edwards yeah. because they're all three three very different players, right? Mm-hmm. You got a big, you got a wing, you got a guard. Uh, and they're all very young still. Yeah. So it'll be interesting, you know, you spoke about it earlier about winning culture. Mm-hmm. Just like there's winning cultures, some teams are plagued by losing cultures. Mm-hmm. One could argue that Minnesota has uh, expressed or demonstrated a losing culture. Yeah, uh, yeah. pretty much ever since Kevin Garnett left like what 12, 13 years ago. Mm-hmm. And so it will be interesting to see how that comes into play because all three of those guys are so young. Um but yeah, I mean hopefully they'll be able to to get it together. Hopefully though Minnesota bringing some good vets, right? And uh you know, they'll be they should be an f- exciting team to watch, I think.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right? So, and unfortunately, you know, Anthony Edwards, his mom and grandma passed away, mm-hmm. uh, both from cancer when he was, I think he said 14 years old. Yeah. Um, And then, unfortunately, also Carl Anthony Towns, his mother, passed away mm-hmm. uh, due to COVID complications. So, you know, shout out to both of those young men. Mm-hmm. Maybe that, that can be something... That they can bond over. Yeah, that fuels them. Yeah, that fuels them, right? Yeah, that's that, what I was talking about. Yeah, you did say something about the mom and the grandma, right? mm mm-hmm. um, Anthony Edwards, I'm sorry, Anthony Edwards' mom and grandma um, passing away and how that was the reason you were rooting for him. So, again, mm-hmm. maybe that's something that fuels them. They can bond about, bond over it. And, yeah, it's going to be an exciting season, man. But mm-hmm. uh, to your point, he, he does. He's just like, he looks like he's built like a machine.
1: Yeah, I mean if he could post
0: yeah well i mean in some of the highlights they showed him posting guys and then just turning and shooting right that that was one thing that really impressed me about him aside from the athleticism which again i didn't know he was that athletic was mm-hmm. that he seemed to be a polished scorer yeah. like he scored they people all say oh he scores from all three levels no he really scored from all three levels yeah. and i mean like i saw him hit somebody with a tween cross pull up from 3 and I think then, I saw that right. Like, and I mean, it was like a tough three. Then the next highlight they showed, he split the, split the uh, the trap on the the pick and roll, and then went up and just dunked all over the guy. Right. <laughs> yeah. like, so I mean, like, those are two phenomenal plays. But then they showed him post and like the mid post, and he like gave the guy a little shoulder. Step back, one dribble, and pull straight up. I think that's all that's Yeah, like those are all three really tough plays, right? Yeah. And one of the ESPN analysts, I can't remember which one it was, was saying how when they went to see Anthony Edwards play in some game before COVID, he had like thirty three points in the second half. But yeah. he he said right, he said that uh all of his buckets looked like pro buckets. Mm-hmm. right he scored like a pro not like a guy who's just manhandling people because of his athleticism but he was just very polished in the way he was scoring yeah. um now he did get a little knock for folks saying that he sh- he settled for too many threes
1: Yeah he 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 seems like he fallen love like he was falling in love with the Jay Right which is, I think I remember Kevin Durant saying something like you got to know when to attack and when to shoot the jay because you can easily fall in love with it
0: right right that's mm-hmm. a good point so hopefully you know and i think part of that is um you know the maturation process as he gets older part of that is having vets part of that is coaching mm-hmm. so hopefully they can get him out on the wing and and really express the fact that he needs to be attacking the rim
1: mm-hmm.
0: right grabbing offensive rebounds punishing smaller guards like yeah but i mean i'm definitely going to tune in
1: Definitely, right? Yeah, he he seems like a guy that can just take over a game at any time almost. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, that's a good point. And so those were the top three picks. Um, Do you remember who was the fourth pick? The fourth? It's slipping my mind right now. The kid Uh, that went to Chicago. Oh, his
1: name was Patrick...
0: Williams. Patrick Williams. Patrick Williams is number four, right? And then he's been getting some buzz. I never even really heard of this kid. Yeah, he's right? nice. Yeah, he's he, like ni- he's like a nice guy, right? Like a
1: nice kid. He, he delivers flowers. Right. Right.
0: Yeah. Right. And then the kid from uh, from Dayton is it Ob Toppin?
1: Ob Toppin. Ob Toppin. Right. Yeah. The, um,
0: was he the eighth pick? The
1: eighth pick I to think. New York, right? Yeah. and And A expressed how he just did not like that pick. Really? Yeah. Because a- because the thing is is that. New York needs a point guard. Right. Like, like, they just need a point. They don't really need, like, a power forward right, or, right. like, a center or something. Right. Um, I can see him really being, like, a power forward slash, like, small forward. Right. Um, but, like, they just don't really need that right now. They, like, if they need anything, they 100% need a point guard. You can't right. just have Alfred Payne and Frank Nidikina just right. like, <laughs> just trying to go off and drop 30 on right. Them. N- No, Right. That, no, that's not going to work. You need a point guard. ASAP. Okay. So, so now, because I I actually don't know if I should get into that.
0: Okay. You, you, <laughs> no, go for. I mean, we're gonna do rookie of the year prediction, but go ahead.
1: Okay. So I. So now what they're gonna have to do is since they already drafted Obi Toppin, um, my my friend's dad, Mr. Navarro, shout out to him. Actually, said this. They're gonna need to trade like Julius Randle, maybe some okay. someone else, right, to get like Westbrook. Cause yeah, he's reportedly
0: right. You know, right. So I heard that rumor that New York is going to try and get Westbrook. And you're right, they do need a point guard. Someone, Uncle, I think it may have been Uncle Lenny, was saying New York is just one of the odd, the Knicks are just one of the oddest collections of basketball players he's ever seen. And I agree with that. I'm like, I don't, there's really no continuity about their roster, in my opinion. Like when they play, it's like they just are playing basketball. There's no rhyme or reason that I can see right yeah um, and I think that's reflected in their record but I like Obi a lot now that I'm saying it out loud though I'm kind of worried that he might fall into that trap that you you talked about earlier where <laughs> you go to a bad team and mm-hmm. then it just does not bring out the best in you so
1: yeah let's say with like Josh Jackson because I remember Josh Jackson you know he was a high flyer right and he went to Phoenix. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, like that just really wasn't the best. Right. For him. Okay. And yes, yeah, so, and again, the Knicks are now gonna have to probably trade Randall. Right. Um, and give up like, because Julius Randall's probably like their best player. Right. Right. They're gonna have to give up him and try to get Westbrook. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, we'll see how it shakes out. We'll get into some some movement. Here in just a minute, we already talked about uh, the potential for Oubre going to Golden State, but there have been some trades, yeah. um, and again, we'll get into that in just a minute. Yeah. Rookie of the year prediction. You think it's going to be one of those big three that we just talked about, or will it be a Toppin or Patrick Williams or the guy that the Wizards drafted from uh, Israel, who I'm just like, I've never heard of this dude. I don't know why we just keep drafting like good, solid basketball players, but it's like we, we like have some needs we need to address or we need to like make a splash but we just get like a good player.
1: Yeah, yeah, we we get a you know decent player. But right. but the thing the thing about um him is that a, a lot of sources are saying like, "Oh, this guy could be like the steal of the draft." Yeah, so, I did so see at that. Least, at least that at least that's some upside to it, but like again, like I I don't know. I don't know, man. He's going to have to show us.
0: Yeah, I don't like stealing things, man. I want to just buy buy nice things. Yeah. I would like to pay for nice things. I don't like stealing things. John Wall could um, <laughs> be
1: getting traded for Westbrook, too. Right.
0: Okay. But hold on. Let's get into that a little bit later. Rookie okay. of the year prediction.
1: Uh, I think it will be between Edwards and LaMelo Ball. Uh-huh. And I think both of them are going to, like, really, like, just ball out the season. Uh-huh. I think that LaMelo Ball, um, being with Charlotte, I think he's going to, you know, make some nice plays. He's going to really be like, like, people especially from Charlotte, might want to tune into a couple of his games just because, you know, he is just such a good playmaker Uh and he's just very crafty. Right. And same goes with Edwards, but, you know, he's not the same player. He just, you know, gets buckets. Right. But I think it will come down to Edwards winning, you know, a little, just by a little bit, I think. Uh Uh-huh. But I think Edwards will win because, you know, like I said, I'm high on Edwards. Right, you are. Yeah, and he and he goes out and gets it. Right, he does so go out
0: and get it. Yeah. Okay, so I do think it's going to be one of the the big three. But I think it's going to be Wiseman. I think oh. Wiseman has been blessed and dropped into the best situation that I can think of of any top three pick in recent memory, right? Like, mm-hmm. again, Golden State... There, there's, I don't want to say there's no expectation for him, but he's going to a team. So, like, you have Edwards, he's going to Minnesota, right? Yeah. He's not going to be the best player on the team. That's going to be Carl Anthony Towns, right? Yeah. Edwards could be second, or maybe D.Lo could be second, but he's not going to be first, in mm-hmm. my opinion. He's not going to be the first option, at least, right? Yeah. So, there's that. And, okay, and with that, I'm sorry, they're also going to need him to be really good. Mm -hmm. Like really good, if they're going to be good, right? Then LaMelo, he may be the best player on the team. He may not be, Mm -hmm. but they're also going to need him to be good in order for them to be good, right? Yeah. I still think like Devontae Graham would probably be the best player on that team, in my opinion, right? Ooh. But Wiseman, he's not going to be the number one option, Or maybe even the number two option, number three option. I don't know what option he's going to be, right? Yeah. They're going to tell him to just go out there and hoop and do your job. Yeah. Right? Rebound, block shots, defend, set screens, make sure you're in shape. Yeah. Right? And I think that, especially playing alongside Draymond Green, I think that is going to be like double-double after double-double after double-double for him. Yeah. I could see him easily averaging like 17 and 10.
1: Yeah, with like... Two or three blocks. Yeah, like,
0: right, exactly. So, yeah. and they're going to win. That's the thing. They're going to win yeah. a lot of games. Yeah, so.
1: like some blowouts, like a couple of blowouts.
0: <laughs> right, so you have Minnesota and Charlotte who may make the playoffs next year. Mm-hmm. Golden State will contend for a title. They'll be one of the top three teams in the West, in my opinion, right? Yeah, I think he, Charlotte
1: um will.
0: Uh, will what? Make the playoffs? They're definitely not contending for a title. Well, they're not
1: contending for <laughs> right. a title, but I think they'll be, be around there.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah, I mean, they can make make the playoffs, right? Yeah. Golden State's going to win 50 to 60 games, in my opinion, right? Or, I mean, yeah. I know the season's a little bit shortened. They're going to have a, a really high win percentage. Yeah. Um, and they're going to get a lot of nationally televised games because you want to see Steph Curry, right? Yeah. Um, So I think that's going to just be very, very favorable for, for Wiseman. So I'm going with Wiseman. Okay. Okay. Um, so yeah, we talked about just now the, the rookies of the year, but around draft time, there's always trade talk and there are always trades. Yeah. Right. So some of the trades that have actually happened, Chris Paul to Phoenix. Yeah. Right. With Devin Booker and Deandre Ayton. Yeah. I love Chris Paul. We we've, you know, this has already been, been documented before how I feel about <laughs> Chris Paul. He's a point God. Um, And I hate to see him keep getting moved. At the same time, I think that is just great. I think it's great with him playing next to Devin Booker and playing and complimenting DeAndre Aiden or having DeAndre Aiden compliment him um, in those high picking roles. I think it's great for all three of those guys. And obviously, it's great for the Phoenix Suns. What do you think about
1: that move? I think that's like Chris Paul is like just a gift from God for, for <laughs> Phoenix. Right, right. Because I I think Devin Booker's leadership has been questioned. Right. A lot throughout the years. Good point. It's like I present you with Chris Paul. Right. Like <laughs> right. Like that. Like they could have. They couldn't have really asked for anything better. Right. Because it's just like now he can actually bring out the best in the role players like Mikhail Bridges. Mm. You know who throw some dimes to. DeAndre Ayton, right. and then you let Devin Booker do his thing at right. times, and then Chris Paul does his thing at times. Like, yeah. like this could, like, like this could be a pretty solid team this year. Yeah. Um, I think that they could possibly have a nice little playoff run. Yeah, Um I agree. Maybe make it to the second round. Yeah. Depending on what seed they are, mm-hmm. um, and I think that it's just like you said, Chris Paul. I, congrats to you, man. Because right, I right. mean he. I mean, he's still on the West Side. Yeah. Um, if he was on the East Side with like a team with like another team, um, that was that was kind of the same scenario as um, the Suns would be a little bit different. I think they would have a pretty like, maybe a little bit of a better playoff run. But I think that, you know, congrats. Right. Right. Yeah. Congrats to Phoenix. Yeah. Most of all.
0: Yeah. And so another trade that actually has that actually already happened was, Philly sent. Al Horford to OKC. Well, yeah. matter of fact, let me back up for a second. The Lakers in OKC swapped uh Danny Green for Dennis Schroeder. Yes. I know you're very happy about that, right? Yes. Very happy about that. So okay, well, first of all, quickly explain why. Why are you so happy about that?
1: Because I think I, I feel like people just kind of forget that Dennis Schroeder before he before his season was ended. That he was at, he was averaging probably around, I want to say like twenty points, in the Houston series. I think he had like a game or two where he had like thirty points, mm-hmm. or like twenty seven plus points. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, like bro, if Dennis shooter can do, like maybe maybe just average like ten points less mm-hmm. than that. Yeah, I mean, if you want to average twenty, go ahead. Right, but right. But like, if you can average like ten points less than that, like dude, that is just a blessing. Right, for us right. Because. <laughs> We like we need we need solid role players like can average like seventeen, you know that can go along with like Kuzma, and Dwight Howard. Yeah, who can just average you know double digits and then do something else like shooter can get a couple assists, Kuzma can you know snag a couple rebounds um, here and there and then Howard can you know get his block shots and his rebounds. Right. So,
0: yeah. So, but then OKC turns around and sends Danny Green. To Philly oh. for Al Horford. You didn't know about that? I,
1: I didn't know he <laughs> got swapped like twice. Right.
0: So uh Philly unloads cause they they paid Al Horford like a lot. Yeah. I think it was like four years, eighty million or something like that, right? So he, mm. he still had three years and sixty million oh. left on his deal, right? Mm-hmm. Um so Philly gets rid of that contract, right? And this yeah. is just for those who haven't been been keeping up. Doc Rivers is now the head coach in Philly. Yeah, Daryl Morey, the the uh, you know former GM of the Houston Rockets, is now the GM in Philly. Yeah, right. And so it's like they they made some big moves by getting rid of Al Horford, getting that money off the book, that contract off the books, and bringing in Danny Green. So you know maybe he can refine this shot, which would help Ben Simmons spread the floor out some, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, so what do you think about that trade?
1: Well, okay, well, hold on. First of all, just to backtrack a little bit, I think that it was a steal that we literally just had to trade Danny Green and get Dennis Shooter. Because right. Danny Green <laughs> oh was getting paid like $32 million okay. uh, for a two year deal. Uh huh. And so I think that, you know, I don't know how much we're paying Shooter. Right. But I think that that was just a steal. Right. just get rid of that contract. Um, I think with that trade, it, it's a little confusing because, like, Danny Green gets traded to one team, but then he is on another team.
0: Mm hmm. Now I know what you mean.
1: I think that you need big time with with Philly because Doc Rivers he's been around some players that aren't like the best on the team, but mm-hmm. they'll make big time plays. Right. Um. In like the playoffs, I think that you need big time players like Danny Green. Right. Um. To make big to make big time plays for whatever team he's playing for. Right. Uh, especially with Doc Rivers, and then you you need him for to compliment Ben Simmons because Ben Simmons we always see him kind of. Throwing these awkward passes yeah. and stuff, and it's it just, like he the way he plays is kind of weird. Yeah, when he has a when Ben Simmons has a shooter, you know the he doesn't always have to make those awkward passes because he can pass out someone like a Dan Green, right? Who could just knock down the three right, very right. easy. When when they had JJ Redick, I'm pretty sure they went to what the second round. Yeah, yeah, and you know lost to that um, heartbreaking shot for Philly, but you know still that's... It's a pretty good playoff run. Right,
0: you're talking about when Kawhi hit that shot? Yeah,
1: I mean, they yeah. lost to the eventual champions. Right, so. right.
0: Good point. So those are some of the bigger trades that have already occurred. Yeah. But the trades oh, that...
1: Oh, wait, wait, wait. wait. I, I don't think there's a trade, but Drew Holiday, I think, went to Milwaukee. Oh,
0: right. Dang, how did I forget about that? Yeah. Yeah, so it was a trade. I can't remember who they packaged. It yeah. was Milwaukee packaged Bledsoe, maybe like George Hill and someone else. Yeah. And got Drew Holiday. What do you think about that trade? Uh,
1: I think it can it can really help in uh, a couple of different ways. It can help Giannis stay, mm-hmm. um, because just you know Giannis hasn't really had much of a supporting cast other than um, what's the name, Chris Middleton, right? So I think adding Drew Holiday, who can defend, and he helps <clears throat> he helps on the on offense. I think that can really help. Honest a lot, and he doesn't really have to make all the plays mm-hmm. as much. Drew Holiday can get the ball sometimes and make the plays for the Bucks. Um, But you know what? I, I'm not going to get into what I was about to get into because, okay. again, it's a little, you know, we're about to get into that. I think, okay. in a Second. Okay. But I think that, yeah.
0: Yeah, I like the trade a lot, and I like Drew Holiday a lot. Obviously, he's a very good two way player, and by all accounts, he's just a great guy. Mm-hmm. um just a great great uh you know citizen of the league mm-hmm. I don't know how much it moves the needle though right mm-hmm. as far as the bucks winning a championship no no yeah no. because Drew Holiday's very good but he's not a superstar mm. and you need superstars to win championships not even um, all star yeah not even a all <laughs> good point not even an all star um as the lakers just you know showed you and yeah i think you need superstars so i think the bucks Obviously, it makes their team better, um, but like I said, I don't think it gets them any closer to winning the championship. Speaking of superstars, in this last 10, 15 minutes or so, right? Yeah. Proposed trades, right? Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know what the exact packaging would be, but the Brooklyn Nets got Mike D'Antoni as an assistant coach, right? Yeah. Say, oh, Mike D'Antoni and Steve Nash, they've reconnected, right? Yeah. But then it comes out a week later that the Brooklyn Nets may also get James Harden. And you're like, wait, what? what? Wait, come again? Yeah. I did not see that coming. Yeah. Obviously, Brooklyn would have to give up a lot Right. Yeah. Karis Laverse, Spencer Dinwiddie, Jared Allen. Jared Allen, probably ten billion dollars, right? Like be, Prince. Right. Like they'd have to give up a lot. Yeah. But if you put Kyrie, K D and Harden on the same team, that is a lot of firepower. That is a lot. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, I've never seen any type of firepower yeah. like that. Like obviously Miami's big three was crazy, but I don't know if they had the, just the sheer firepower of those three
1: right yeah what what
0: if that does end up happening what like are they just the eventual champs or what do I, you think
1: you can't you can't just put the lakers out of the conversation like right that. okay i i think it's just like like that that's a lot of firepower and right? on paper that's like oh that's a championship team right but you but you like really think about it, you go deeper and you think like well i mean KD and Harden have played together already. Uh-huh. Okay, but I remember Stephen A. saying that Harden's a different, a different beast now. He's not yeah. gonna just want to, you know, like set aside and you know kind of take a step back right. just like that. He he's gonna want to be the leader now. He's right. gonna be one to be you know that guy for right. the Nets. KD is a different animal too now. Right, he's he's still gonna be want to be the leader even though he wasn't OKC. He's definitely gonna want to be the leader. He's been that. He's been the leader on like every team he's played for. Right. So I think like KD, like him, or Harden. They're gonna have to kind of figure that out. And then Kyrie is just getting added to to that mix. I mean, just like like you think about it, all these players need the ball. Right. To score. True. Even though I think KD can work a little off ball more. Right. Like still Harden and Kyrie. Yeah. Like I mean that that's gonna be a little tough. And plus they're giving up. So, so much. Right. Like, see, because between KD, Kyrie, and Harden, it's not a lot of defense. Right. That, that, doesn't, that <laughs> right. doesn't really equal defense. Right. And you're giving away your, like, premier shot. Your premier shot. Uh, I, I don't know if I call him premier or not.
0: He's really good, you, Yeah, Jared He's Allen. Really yeah,
1: you, you're giving away your, your, your center. Right. And then along with that, you're giving away Karis LeVert. especially right. Dan Dinwiddie, Torian Print. Like, you're giving away all your ro- role players. And it's right. like, well, what are you going to have? You're going to... You just have Joe Harris, but you know, what
0: else? Right? Yeah. I mean, and you bring some raise some interesting points. Real quick, I will say though, and I was talking with Uncle Lenny about this, you're you're right to a certain extent about all three of them being ball dominant. I think that they would if I were the coach, I would move hard into the point and let Kyrie be like a little mini Iverson, Right? Oh. Like Iris part two, because he's not really a traditional point guard. But he can come off down screens and flare screens and all that, yeah. and and work off the wing. Yeah. And I would put him on one side, and I put Duran on the other side. Yeah, right. And I think yeah. that could, right. You see Let now. Him you get see open. The, Let right him. now. You see the vision right because Harden is an elite passer. You can yeah. say what you want about his defense or his shot selection. What his passing has never been in question. Right. Yeah. Um. And so that's what I would do. I also, and this may hurt you. Dwight Howard's going to be out there, right? Rajon Mm. Rondo's going to be out there. JaVale McGee's going to be out there. It would be interesting to see if, like, yeah, obviously Brooklyn will have to give up a lot of their players, but what if they can peel away some of these vets from the Lakers, right? Yeah. Like, so, I mean, you can—Miami, that's the thing about the big three in Miami. They they gave us the blueprint on— putting three stars together. And eventually they were able, like they had nobody on payroll except those three guys. And they got other people because people are going to want to play with that caliber of of a trio, right? Yeah. Brooklyn will be able to, they'll be able to build their bench out and everything. Um, So it's going to, if that happens, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. Westbrook, has been rumored to go to like speaking of Harden's backmate backcourt mate Westbrook's been ru- rumored to go to New York and Washington. Yeah, you think either one of those trades happens?
1: Mm, I I really don't know, man. Right. I, I I I now since you asked that question, I'd say no because like really, when it's like you think New York makes a trade for an all-star player, that's just like. No, just no, right. Just they, they don't really have much to offer, right. Really, and then I don't know if they're if Houston's gonna want to just trade John Wall for Westbrook because right. John Wall, you know, was coming off injury, hasn't yeah. played in like at least a year or two, right. So I mean, I I, I really don't know about that. Uh, I I now that you asked that question, I'm gonna say no.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't think that's gonna that's gonna happen, right. So, yeah.
0: I got some some late-breaking info, though, about the Knicks making some trades to clear up cap space or clear out cap space. Yeah. I think they eventually, they got to pull the trigger and get Westbrook. Yeah. Like I the, said, they need a point guard bad. Yeah, they, they need someone. They need someone. Yeah. They need yeah. someone that's going to really move the needle. Yeah.
1: So. You could almost get, like, KD and just run him at point guard. Right, right.
0: <laughs> right. That's a good point. Yeah. So, final segment. Yeah and no? all. Yeah and no? all. We just spoke about James Harden, right? Mm-hmm. He turned down a contract extension from Houston that would have paid him fifty million dollars a year.
1: That's the most I've. Been.
0: That's the most in NBA history, right? Yeah. Year and no, all, Harden's on Brooklyn next year. Oh, right? oh yeah, yeah, yeah. If he doesn't right. go on Brooklyn, right.
1: Like if if he's not on Brooklyn by next year, uh-huh. like, like I, I'm gonna have to give. Like almost everyone who watched this episode, something right? Because, <laughs> right. Or like we have to because yeah. that like he has to go to Brooklyn. There's yeah. no way.
0: Yeah, and you and I talked about this. Once you hear about stuff like that, it's usually already a done deal because it's such a blockbuster type trade. Like it just has to happen now, right? Yeah, I, I want to. I really want to see it happen now,
1: right? I I don't know if I want to see that
0: happen. Okay. <laughs> right. Right. Okay. So then, yeah or no, nah, Miami. The surprise squad makes another run of the title
1: next year. With, with Brooklyn in the way? With Brooklyn in the way? <laughs> yeah. I, I'm I'm going to say nah. And I, and I think that the Celtics would do a better job yeah. playing against I Miami this year. I think Tam's going to take another step. Right. And then this is going to be too much. Because you can't just play Jimmy Butler the whole game every time. Right. Yeah. It'll be competitive serious, but. I'm
0: going with super Super nah. Super nah. I think mm. that Philly's getting better, right? I think that yeah. Brooklyn obviously has gotten better and healthy. And like you said, Tatum's going to take another step. And Jalen Brown, right? Yeah. And Kimball Walker. And I think that those three teams will be clearly better than Miami, in my
1: opinion. Oh, but Miami could pick up Westbrook. I, I think I I think might have seen like something a little mm. brief. I I think last year Westbrook was rumored to mm. maybe get traded
0: to Miami. That'd be interesting. Yeah. That'd be interesting. Okay, and then yeah and no, all final one, Clay Thompson comes back at some point during the season. Man, that's a that's a hard that's a hard one. So that means I it's a good year and
1: all then. Uh, I'm gonna say yeah, cause going to state because when when it's a year for like contention and they're uh-huh. trying to really. Like win that season, which mm-hmm. is mostly every season except for last one. Right. I I think that they really try to push their best players to come back. Right. And That's a good you know point. make that final push for the season. Yeah, I'm actually gonna
0: go with nah because of what you just said. I feel like um, they kind of got I a, a, I don't know if it's a stigma, but the the word on the street is that Golden State does push their players to come back. And so for that reason, I feel like they were extra cautious with Steph and Clay. And I feel like they'll be cautious again with Clay. Um, you know, first with his ACL, now obviously with Achilles. So
1: Also, Brooklyn, with, with them giving up that many players, if they do, that that leaves teams with like Lakers or Warriors to get them. That's a good point. So, That's yeah. a good point. That's all I have to say.
0: That's a great point. And with that said, I think it's time to wrap it up. Why don't you go ahead and take us out?
1: All right, so thank you guys for listening to another episode of the Hoop Life with Sean and Sean podcast, episode 32. Welcome to the club. We... Rate a, just make sure you rate us five stars as always um, and write a comment, let us know what you think about the podcast, what we could do better and suggestions on what we, what we should do and we're on all podcast platforms including Anchor, Spotify Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts and all other podcast platforms sorry I had to do that quick because we need to wrap up so,
0: yeah. <laughs> okay, good job son so from our family to yours peace peace